Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents. I'm your host, Tracy Principe. Welcome here. So if you are not in the Facebook group, the Facebook group is Navigating No Contact with Toxic Parents. Join us over there. I have a weekly support call, social support call, Saturday morning, Pacific time, 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. And that call is free. It's just a nice way to get together and connect. I'm doing that as long as we are in this lockdown. Um, Some people are struggling with the lockdown. Even if you just want to join and chat and connect, it's um, it's a really nice it's a really nice call. There's not really a format. It's just sharing what's going on, and then I do a really nice calming exercise, nervous system calming exercise at the end. So join us. The details are in the Facebook group. You can join over there, get the details. Join us on the call on Saturday mornings. If you have a suggestion for the podcast. Feel free to email me if you have a um, topic you would like me to discuss. You can email me at tracy at tracyprincipe.com. Or if you just want to say hi, you can email me over there. If you want to find out more about my work, somatic experiencing and nervous system regulation. So if you're not familiar with that, Peter Levine is the founder of somatic experiencing Um, when I first found out about it, um, it changed my life. I read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It's by Bessel van der Kolk. Uh, it talks about how the, you know, trauma is stored in our bodies. It was literally a light bulb going off and my entire life made sense. Okay. My entire life made sense. It was, um... It was mind blowing. It was mind blowing to say the least. I nobody had ever talked about the nervous system or the body um, or fight or flight, freeze shutdown. I'd never heard any of that. My entire life made sense. Um, it was almost. It was like a relief. It was. It was a relief. I could. I mean, it was like a load off of my back. It was a complete relief. Then when I did somatic experiencing. The first session, the therapist said, where do you feel that in your body? And I was like, wow, whoa, I don't know. I don't even know. Where do I feel that in my body? Um, And then, you know, the floodgates opened. Um, And that's often, you know, what happens when I work with people. It's like, where do you feel that in your body? Or clients will come to me and say, well, I don't. um, I don't feel anything. I don't feel or they're very, you know, they, um. They're very, you know, we are in our heads when we come from trauma because our body is not a safe place to be, right? Our body isn't safe. So we stay in our heads and that's where all the mind chatter and overthinking and obsessive thoughts and anxiety and all that stuff um, starts to happen because we are not connected to our body. So when this therapist said, you know, where do you feel that in your body? I thought... Wow. Okay. 
yeah, I can feel like I, I, that makes so much sense. So my entire life, the way I was in survival mode, the way that I um, used alcohol and other, you know, sex and men and, you know, all the things I was actually trying to calm my nervous system. Um, I was just, you know, I, I use tools that society gives us, right? And society gives us a lot of tools um, and coping mechanisms and distractions and addictions and all that stuff. So I was just using, um, you know, the wrong tools to calm, trying to calm myself. And I was looking for other people to calm, you know, actually help calm my nervous system. Um, but of course they were not available to do that. So when that, you know, when I, when I found that work of Peter Levine and Bessel van der Kolk, I was just blown away because nobody had ever told me, nobody had ever mentioned the nervous system. You know, we get trapped in mindset and all just journal and mindset and, and, um, positive affirmations and all that stuff, um, you know, which might have a purpose, but it's not really getting to feeling in the body. Um, feeling in the body is scary. I'm not going to lie. It's, 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 you know, it's a little scary. We don't, we never have the safe, um, space to do that because we didn't have parents that allowed us space to do that. Right. So those feelings and emotions got cut off. And then we go into adulthood and we don't live in a world that honors or supports or makes space for feeling um, emotions, right? Especially if you're a woman and you're a working woman, you go into the world of corporate and emotions are not, not okay. Um, especially for women. Oh, women are too emotional, right? So you know, that's not okay. The world I came from, that was not okay. It was not okay. I remember a boss, I think it was in my early 30s. I'll never forget this because um, I think I was, I was being reprimanded for something. I don't remember what, but I started to tear up and he said, Tracy, if you're going to survive, you know, in this business, you have to have thick skin you're going to have to have thick skin. And I immediately stopped my emotions, right? I stopped um, that process. And I thought to myself, thick skin. You know, I was like looking at my skin going like thick skin, that would be like an alligator or um, I don't know, you know, like an alligator has really thick skin, right? Um, and, and, and so if I had thin skin, you know, so does that mean I have thin skin if I don't have thick skin like an alligator? Um, and I literally, I just remember that whole experience as a young woman. Um, and I just never showed any emotion again. I just went and I, um... I just plowed through life. I plowed through life. I never slowed down. I never stopped. I never made space for myself. So when you're a child, nobody made space for you to feel your feelings. Go in time out. Um, 
I, if you're crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Why are you crying? Go in your room. Um, you know, hey, I feel this or that. Um, no, that's not, you know, that's not how you're feeling. That's not true or whatever. What, you know, just being invalidated, not being heard, not having the space. Hey, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling you know, a certain way, or I'm, I'm really mad. I'm feeling really mad. What, you know, nobody gave us the opportunity. Our parents didn't create that space for us. Then we go into the world and we also didn't get that space because we just don't live in a world where our feelings and emotions can be, um, you know, It's not a safe space to have that, right? And we stuff it down. It becomes overwhelming. Um, So when we do feel, we want to push it away. We want to, you know, we would just want to plow through. We don't want to feel that. It's very, very uncomfortable. It's too uncomfortable. Um, And so we just, you know, we just shove it down. And oftentimes what happens is that we find a boss in the work world that also might even be narcissistic, right? Or we find a partner that um, even if they are not physically abusive, and I hope that nobody is in a physically abusive relationship, but maybe they don't meet your emotional needs because they can't handle their own emotions, right? They haven't dealt with their own stuff. So maybe they're still invalidating which to me is a form of emotional um, neglect. It's what your parents did. So it's, um, you know, it's not uncommon to choose a partner that is also not going to make space for your emotional needs. Okay, so and not feel heard, not feel validated. Um. And so what happens is that we still don't have that space where we can feel our own emotions. We can't do it with our parents. We learn that. And if you guys are going through that with parents um, that are invalidating, um, even if they weren't abusive, if they were just invalidating your experience and your feelings and didn't create that space for you, that is emotional neglect in some form or another. So, you know, when I, when I talk to people that didn't have any physical, you know, they just had someone that wasn't meeting their emotional needs. It's very damaging. And they often do find the narcissistic partners and they have a lot of anxiety. Um, when someone is also not meeting their emotional needs, right? not meeting your emotional needs as the core of all of your wounds. You did not have a mother, a primary caregiver to meet your emotional needs, to say, hey, it's okay to cry. What's going on? What are you feeling? Right? Did any parent do that? Did any parent give you the space for that? Are you giving space to yourself for that? Is your spouse or partner giving you the space for that? Right? So that's how we get triggered because somebody's invalidating us. And that is a trigger from the past. Like, whoa, wait a minute. I've felt this before. What's going on here, right? I'm feeling this. 
I've felt this before. Where is this coming from? And we are not giving our own self space to feel those emotions and feelings. Like, hey, what if I just slow down and feel this? It's uncomfortable. It is. It's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's hard to sit with those feelings. It's hard. We might we want to shut it off. We want to shut down like, oh no, I feel that. And what do we do? You shut it off. You get distracted. You start talking. You start doing something else, right? It's common. That's what we do. What we have to learn is to create a safe space and a support, you know, a supportive space that says, "Hey, yes, you can feel your feelings for the first time in your life." For the first time in your life, you're creating a space where you get to feel your feelings. And somebody is going to validate you. And somebody's going to ask you, hey, well, you know, what are you feeling in your body right now? You know, what are you feeling? Um, and that's how we, that's how we slow down. You cannot feel your feelings um, unless you slow down, right? So we are being forced into a slowdown now with the um, coronavirus that is forcing us to slow down. We do not have the usual, we still have some distractions, um, but we don't have a lot of the usual distractions that we have in the world, right? So a lot of people's traumas are coming up for the first time and they might not even connect those dots. Um, you know, I get a lot of people reaching out to me and they say, well, I have, you know, I got this anxiety or I had a panic attack and that's never happened before or this or that or a memory or, you know, whatever. Um, and that's, you know, and, and that is directly related to trauma. But they haven't connected the dots. So it can be a little um, confusing and a little scary if there's a lot of feelings and things going on and you haven't connected the dots and you're like, whoa, whoa, why is this happening? This has never happened before. It's because we have a pandemic. It's because we have a pandemic and your body has gone into survival mode, whether you know it or not. It's naturally doing that because that's what it does. Um... In a worldwide pandemic, your body's going to go into some level of survival. And then plus, if you have your own unresolved trauma, whether you're aware of it or not aware of it, um, and you're already in survival mode from that, it can be quite, um, you know, upsetting and unnerving to have all these symptoms and things going on and, and you don't actually connect the dots. So... I get a lot of people reaching out to me that are like, wow, I, I had a panic attack. I've never had a panic attack or I have anxiety and I've never had that. But I can guarantee that when we connect the dots, you have had other symptoms um, and things going on that you just did not recognize. And they've become, you know, more in the forefront, right? Because we're slowing down. We're slowing down now. Um, so, and then I have a lot of people reaching out too that are like, wow, I really love this slowing down. I get to be home because I was a high powered person that has traveled and, you know, done this career for, you know, 20 years. And actually I've never been home. So I love to be home. And isn't that amazing? It's just really amazing that, you know, that people have done like high powered careers and like, wow, I'm home for the first time. 
you know, and so they enjoy it. They like it. However, with that, they are also feeling something that they've never felt before. So, um, it's so interesting. It's, it's fascinating. And that's why I love, 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 because I love, my favorite thing to do is help people connect the dots. Just connect the dots. That's it. That's the first step. And my favorite thing to do is just help people connect the dots. So the second group of people are like, yeah, I've been this, you know, I've been working and I've never been home before. And because they're this higher powered career person, right? Um, and that could also be usually, um, that go, 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 go getter because you are trying to prove your worth, right? Um, and so I help them connect the dots and if it resonates, it usually does. And they're like, wow, yeah, okay. I get it. That high powered person that is go, 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 go and help, help, help other people and never take care of themselves, never slow down, never feel, and so when they start to slow down, yes, I love it. I love being home and I can be home. I don't have to go to an office. I can be home, whatever. Um, there's still something that they're feeling that they can't quite, um, you know, connect the dots. But it's definitely coming up. So that is, you know, that's what's so interesting about the world right now. What's going on. We're being forced in into the slowdown um and people are you know beginning to say like okay there's something going on but i don't know what it is right there's something going on and and or they'll say wow that post you know i make a post and that really resonates and i help them connect the dots so that's the beauty of the time that we're in right now so there you know there's a lot of beautiful things happening if we can see it if we can see it right so we get to soften into it we get to get a little bit softer maybe take off some of the masks maybe say hey wait a minute you know maybe um you know maybe maybe I need to feel into this a little bit deeper what's going on here right maybe some clarity is happening you know maybe you're getting some clarity that you didn't have previously and then all that awareness, of course, is great. That's the first step. And then, okay, what do I do from here? You know, what, what, what happens next? And that's the feeling. We have made this space, this, or I should, I should say the virus made the space for us. And, um, and that's available. That's available to all of us to start to feel. And that can be scary to feel. You start to feel and it's, you know, the first reaction is, <gasps> you know, you might tighten up. You might stop that feeling from happening. You might be, you know, oh, I feel this anxiety or, you know, I feel, um, I feel this anxiety in certain situations. Okay. What other situations do you feel this anxiety? I feel this anxiety when I talk to my parents. I feel this anxiety when I talk to my spouse, my boss. I have this, you know, low-hanging, low-level anxiety. What's, you know, but not connecting. Like, what, that's a past, a trigger from the past, right? A trigger from the past. So, a really obvious one would be, like, that's easy to connect the dots as well. You know, every time my boss yells, I have anxiety, I shut down. 
And what does that remind you of? Well, my father used to do the same thing. You know, he would yell and scream and I would shut down as a kid, right? Because you're trying, your body's like going into survival mode, trying to keep you safe. That's an easy one to recognize. But sometimes it's not that linear, you know, oftentimes it's not that linear, especially if you um, have that emotional type of neglect um, from, you know, narcissistic or, you know, somewhat narcissistic parents, okay, they don't have to have the full spectrum of narcissism, they could have just one, um, you know, symptom of narcissism, which might be that they had no empathy and no love, and they, you know, invalidated you, that's harmful. So connecting those dots, it's not always linear, okay? Um, so for example, I chose an alcoholic. My mother wasn't an alcoholic. She doesn't even drink, right? So my dad was an alcoholic, but I didn't grow up with him. So I never grew up around alcohol. So I always thought that was weird that I chose, um, alcoholics. I was an alcoholic, but there were times that I didn't drink. I didn't start drinking till I drank and then I quit for a long time. Um, and then I started again but it was the the core belief, okay, so the core, it doesn't really matter if they were an alcoholic or a drug addict or a narcissist or whatever. The core underlying issue was that they were somebody that were not available, okay? So it was a partner that was not available. They were not available for whatever reason. They were not available because they were drug addict, alcoholic, you know, narcissist, um, you know, whatever. They had their own issues that they were not dealing with or had never dealt with, right? So for their own reasons, they are not available. So that's what we really have to look at is that choosing partners that are not available. They're not available for their own reasons. They're not emotionally available to meet our needs. Um, and with that, yes, abuse, you know, definitely abuse can happen, right? So, um, but also at that time, I was not available for my own emotional needs. And I was still looking for somebody to fill those needs. But I was choosing, um, you know, people that mirrored my mother. Okay. So when we become available for our own emotional needs and meet our own emotional needs first, we can make better choices. And that only comes from, you know, one, awareness, recognizing it, and then feeling it in our body, right? Feeling it in our body. That's why we go into these loops and these patterns of trauma that keep us stuck in those relationships that aren't good for us because we get stuck in our head and we're, we obsess and we're like obsessing about exes or whatever and we stay in our head because we're cut off from our body. So we have to get in our body. The only way we can begin to get in our body is if we start to feel our feelings. It's a very um, gradual, slow process because we don't want to overwhelm. We want to do it gradually gradually very gradually and if you guys have done somatic experiencing or you're trained in somatic work you know that's called titration titration do a little bit pull it out 
do a little bit, go back in, pull out, go back in, pull out, right? So it's, we're titrating it. We're like, feel a little bit, stop and do something else. Feel a little bit, stop and do something else, right? We don't want to just dive in and experience overwhelm. Um, because then that can cause a freeze or, you know, a shutdown response. And we don't want that. Um, and so that's where other therapies fail a lot of times. Um, and I hear this from clients and, and, you know, people that reach out to me that that's where other therapies fail. They're just like, boom, dive right in. We don't do that. That's overwhelming. Your body's going to go and freeze and shut down and, um, and then you might be like, wow, I'm, I, I never want to go to therapy again. I never want to do that again because it was such a terrible experience. We've all, you know, we've all had that happen. Um, and so we don't want that. That's why I love somatic experiencing so much. So all of these things that are going on in the world, and it's a lot, it's never a straight line. It's like peeling back the layers of the onion. And some of the layers are, you know, just like peeling back those layers and that skin on the onion, right? That little skin, you pull that back. And then there's a thicker skin, you peel that back, right? So all of those things are, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts. So there's a lot of components to all of this. But the very first step, of course, is awareness and recognition, right? Like, this is what's going on. How can I slow down? Maybe I can take off some of these masks that I've been wearing to um, prove my worth, right? Can I take off these masks um, because I've been trying to prove my worth and that's not really who I am? Who am I, right? So ask yourself, who are you? And you're not a mom. You're not a corporate whatever, if you didn't have that title, who would you be? So ask yourself that. Who am I? Who am I? If I'm not the corporate whatever, I'm not, you know, I'm not a mom. I'm just, you know, who are you without those titles and things that you define yourself by? Do you know who you are? It's it's a, And it's totally okay if you're like, wow, I don't even know, right? I've been there. I've totally been there. So if you t took off those masks and you weren't the people pleaser and the helper and the martyr and the fixer and all of that stuff, who would you be? Who would you be? Pretty tough question to answer, right? So I want you guys to think about that. Just think about it, you know, see what comes up for you. Um, and, and, you know, it's okay if you don't know, if you're like, wow, I really don't know. That's okay. Most people tell me that they don't know. And that's totally okay. Because we've been forced into these roles that started with our parents and then started with society that also didn't allow us to be who, you know, express ourselves. Um, we don't get to know who we are, right? We don't, we don't, we don't know. We are defined by these roles. Um, and these boxes, um, so it can be really hard to know what all that, you know, what, what is all that, right? And that's okay. It's just a start. It's a question that, that you, you've probably never asked yourself. Like, who am I with all, the, all these labels and, you know, these, um, these things that I think I should be, right? Who are you without all that?
just something to think about. So really it comes back to, um, you know, I didn't get my emotional needs met. At the very least, let's say, you know, my parents were reasonably okay parents and they weren't even narcissists. They weren't, you know, whatever. And I still didn't get my needs met. I see clients like this all the time. Their parents were not narcissists. They were not alcoholics. Maybe they had a little narcissism. Um, And they were not, you know, they didn't have a mental illness or they just did not meet, you know, they were not capable of meeting emotional needs. And it caused a lot of damage. It's harmful. It's harmful. Okay. So, you know, just not having your emotional needs met is harmful. Nobody created that space for you. And so you go into a society that also doesn't create that space and you usually pick a partner that also has their own issues so they can't create um, that space for themselves, right? So I always, um, I always tell single people, men and women, ask the person you're dating, not what sign are you, but have you done your trauma healing? What kind of trauma do you have? What kind of parents did you grow up with, right? Don't feel bad about asking that. Like, forget the sign, forget what sign are you. Ask them, like, have you, you know, did you have trauma and you've done any work around that? What kind of trauma did you have? kind of parents did you have nothing wrong with that that's what you really need to know and if you're currently with a partner and they need therapy they need to do their own therapy so it's great to go to couples therapy and I'm not saying that's that's not helpful but if you go to couples therapy and you're like hey I wish my partner would do the dishes or you know, be a little bit more affectionate or whatever. That's fine. But um, a long-lasting relationship, that person's got to do their own trauma work. they got to do their own processing. And that means not couples therapy because that focuses on the other person. So they actually need to do their own separate therapy by themselves. And they don't even need to tell you about it. They just need to do that work by themselves. And of course, when I say trauma therapy, um, if they do have trauma, because I'm assuming most people that come from trauma find other partners that also have trauma. Um, If you didn't, great job. Good job. But typically, including myself, myself included, We find other people that have some kind of trauma also, right? So they need to do their own trauma therapy by themselves with a, you know, preferably a somatic, you know, therapist, right? Um, Because talking doesn't address the body. Talking doesn't address feelings in the body, right? So where do you feel that in your body? Where do you feel that in your body, right? Um, talking doesn't do that. So yeah, so you know that's the that is all of. Sometimes we wake up from our narcissist, you know, our narcissistic parents or our parents, and we're like, "Wow, I married my mother. I married my father, or you know, I married this person that um, doesn't is not emotionally available." It's really common. It's super common. 
it's really, really, really common. We all have to do our own individual trauma work in order for things to change. That's my opinion. So, but really ask yourself, you know, did my parents meet my emotional needs? You know, what was that like for me and my childhood? So a lot of times, again, if you came from a childhood that was like reasonably okay, um, and you might have even, you know, downplayed or denied some aspects of it. Um, by saying, oh, well, you know, my parents got a divorce, but that was, that didn't really affect me. And that wasn't really a big deal. Or, you know, they were fighting about money or, you know, that really wasn't a big deal. If you have like situations like that, it's easy for it to be downplayed or denied that it was any kind of big deal. However, that's going to show up in your life and that's going to show up in your body as if that was a big deal or not. Right. So I thought I never had trauma. I thought that my mom was weird and there was definitely something wrong with my mom, but I didn't think I ever had trauma. I grew up in a nice neighborhood. Um, I had my grandma, thank God. Um, you know, I played outside. I did a lot of really great things and I remember that. But, wow, was I wrong about the, you know, my mom's a narcissist. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, wow, that was very damaging. And that, of course, um, you know, looking back on it, really, really, really damaged me from a very young age. When I started with an eating disorder around 14, 14 years old, um, I had developed very distorted body image and eating, you know, an eating disorder like that doesn't just happen. Um, out of nowhere. So yeah, looking back, I was like, wow, I, you know, I had a lot, a lot of trauma and that trauma was not being loved. No love, zero, 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 zero. Right. So sometimes we don't realize, um, and it's hard to realize all that. Like, wow, my mom's a narcissist. That was really hard to accept and say, yeah, this trauma happened. However, that was when I could really heal when I acknowledge actually acknowledged that like yes this happened this happened my mom's a narcissist that made sense it finally made sense it's also helped me to understand that a narcissist doesn't change like wow my mom's a narcissist all these years I was hoping that she would see me and acknowledge me and accept me and love me. That's never, ever, ever going to happen. So so as hard as it was, there was also freedom in it. Because I was like, oh, okay, narcissists don't change. I get that. I understand that. I really understand on a deep, deep level. And I will never, ever look for her. Um, you know, I will never look for her to fulfill that void. Because I know she can't do it. And so that was like monumental in this whole process for me that was like wow yeah okay I get it I I understand that really clearly so I can move on with my healing I don't have to um you know I never have to look for her for what I you know what I needed I get to find that in myself right so the freedom and liberation and the peace and joy that comes with that is um priceless 
priceless. And that's what I want for all of you guys. I really want that for all of you. There is a way to heal and is never ever going to be looking for that parent to provide that for you or a partner or, you know, a job. Um, we've really got to find that in ourselves. And that is the true freedom of it all. As hard as this work is, I'm not saying it's easy. There's no magic pill. Um, and like, wow, yeah, I am taking off the masks. I created that space for myself. Um, and I know who I am. I don't have to wear a mask. I don't care what other people think. I don't have to be a people pleaser. Um, you know, I don't have any triggers with my mom. I really don't. I have no triggers. My mom does not trigger me. She's not going to cause me to drink or hurt myself or harm myself. Um, you know, the issue with her is that I she just does superficial. Now, this might work for some people, and that's totally okay. If you know that your mom or your dad or your parents do just superficial and you're okay with that kind of relationship, and maybe you want to keep it low contact, um... And just do superficial. That works for some people. And I did that for a very long time. I did that for a very long time. Um, however, it's very, very unfulfilling for me. It's super unfulfilling. And I really don't have anybody in my life like that. Um, that just keeps it on the surface level. Because that's their protection, right? They can't do anything more than that. That's all they can do. That's all they're capable of. So if you know that and it doesn't trigger you because you're not looking, you know, I'm not looking for anything more. I get that my mom, that's all she can do. She's not capable of anything else. And I totally get that. So I'm free <clears throat> of looking for anything else from her. However... Um, because that doesn't really work for me and even in my life in general with friends or I just don't do that kind of thing um, because I really value, you know, deep connections. I value that. So that doesn't really work for me. Um, and so, however, you, you know, you can keep some contact when you get to that healing place where things don't trigger you, you're not looking to your parents, you know, your mom for validation or love or whatever, but then it's just like this superficial thing. Maybe, you know, maybe you want to keep it low contact, you know, um, because you get over that hurt and pain that doesn't work for me anymore. It's very superficial. Um, but that can work if you want to keep that relationship, but in order to do that, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of healing work. And it takes no contact at first. And that's why I always say no contact to give yourself the space. Because you need to give yourself that space. That's the first step. If later on you want to go back and say, okay, yeah, my mom doesn't trigger me. You know, nobody triggers me. And this is just the way they are. And I see that. You know, that's totally up to you. Maybe you want to keep it very, very low contact, right? With that superficial kind of relationship. That doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. But if, you know, I'm not going to judge. If that works for you and that's okay, you're not hurting yourself. And you're not, you know, you're not feeling a trigger of anxiety, and bodily responses, but that takes a lot of work to get that point. But the superficial thing that the parents do, that doesn't work. Not for me. It doesn't work. Because I don't do that in my life. 
However, it is very possible to get to that healing point where you're like, okay, yeah, this is just the way it is. And, you know, maybe I'll see my mom once or twice a year. We'll go out to coffee and we'll just talk about the weather or whatever. That's fine. I mean, that's not... Um, but you have to do a lot of healing to get to that point where you're not looking to, you know, looking for that um, validation, right? You're not, you're coming from your adult self. You're not coming from that wounded child of needing that love and um, validation. So it takes a lot of healing work, right? You want to come from your adult self and also where you can set those boundaries too. Set those boundaries, and not care what other people think and not have that anxiety and panic of, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to do this because they might be mad at me or whatever. And that can be, that can apply to any area of your life. So, you know, be honest with yourself, take an inventory of all of that. You know, where am I not being myself? Where am I putting on a mask? Where in my life am I putting on a mask at home, at work? With my parents, with my partner, my spouse. You know, where am I wearing that mask? Start with that and just really be honest with yourself. Okay? And yes, I have feelings and emotions that never got validated. Um, and where, where do I feel that? You know, where's that tightness in my chest? Um, or that, you know, that... Tightness in my stomach. What's underneath that? Was that, you know, what, what is that feeling? What does that feel like? When does that happen? You know, noticing. Noticing when that happens. Yeah, that happens when I talk to my parents. Happens when I, you know, um, talk to my husband. Um, or, you know, like... What does that feel like? Just starting to notice those things. It's really, really, really crucial and important. Don't push it away. Let it be there. When things start to get uncomfortable, where do I feel that in my body? You know? I feel uncomfortable. Instead of lashing out, getting angry, you know, what's really going on here? Where do I feel that? And honoring that, giving yourself space. Giving yourself space to feel that. That's what nobody did for us. Nobody gave us the space. There was not a safe space to do that. So we give it to ourselves now. That's the first step. In getting back to yourself, right? This is really like getting whole. Um, one of my clients yesterday said something really beautiful I said, what would, you know, what would it be like if you didn't have this anxiety? What, what, what would it be like if you didn't have? So what's the opposite of, you know, what you're feeling? If you didn't have this anxiety, if you didn't have this feeling of not being good enough, what would that feel like? And she said, I would feel like a whole person. I thought, oh, that is fucking beautiful. Beautiful. Right? And I let her find her own words I would feel like a whole person I would feel like a whole person and that was the most I mean that was just such it was so beautiful because that's exactly what it would feel like right I would feel like a whole person 
And that was so powerful and so profound and so empowering that she didn't, I had to like point it out to her because she didn't even realize what she had just said and done and, and, and felt in her body. Um, and so I help you, you know, I'm here to help you lead you back to yourself like that. Be that whole person, right? Um, yeah, it's totally possible. It's totally possible. Um, so yeah, so just think about all of that. Let it, you know, let it resonate. Let it, let yourself feel all that. Feel all that in your body. Feel all of that in your body. So I'm, um, I'm coming up with a six week group program. It's going to be on the narcissistic mother wound, but because this is really the core wound, but even if, if you had, even if you don't know that you had a, nar- if your mom's a narcissist or not, just somebody that wasn't empathetic or loving, um, that this program is going to be right for you. Cause that's really the core wound is that mother wound, that narcissistic mother, that mother that just showed no empathy, no, um, love. And we spend a lifetime trying to, um, get that love either directly or indirectly usually both right so there was a part of me that doing all the things I did was really you know even if I was trying to get it from men or achieving and all those things indirectly I was saying I was saying like hey mom is this good enough for you is this good enough for you? I did all of these things. Is that good enough for you? And I still never got any attention. I never got acknowledgement for anything I did, right? And at the end, none of that stuff, all that stuff, trying to fill that void, oh, that never worked. Never worked. Did not work, right? I spent all that time and energy filling, trying to fill that void. Wow, I can't, I, it's hard to imagine all the things I did and, and I survived all that. Um, and it didn't fill that void, right? So I'm, I've got this beautiful six week program that I'm really excited about to offer you guys. It's going to be a really low price because it's going to be beta. So I can, you know, get you guys to give me feedback on it. Um, and we're going to do somatic work. We're going to do somatic writing. We're going to do body reclamation, which is one of the most powerful things I do with my clients is body reclamation. It's it's acknowledging each and every body part. Super duper powerful. So when I put these group programs together, um, you know, I only do one on work because I, I want to be really, really um, careful and conscious of how I put together a group program. Um, and support people because I don't, you know, my one-on-one container is super duper supportive and, um, you know, cause things can come up, right? So I was, I've been thinking like for six months, how can I put together a group program where more people can work with me and experience this, but also, you know, if, how do I maintain the integrity of the work if group program doesn't feel safe for everybody and it won't? you know, like that's okay too. So, um, so it's been a really long process for me to try to, you know, really stay in integrity, um, with this work and how can I do it while still supporting people in a group environment. But on the other hand, there is part of that group that is very, um, co-regulating, right? So when you get with other people, 
And even if they're strangers, there is some part that, that's very nurturing and co-regulating, right? So I was like, I'm going to try this in a beta version. It'll be my first group program. Um, I'll probably only take like six people maximum to keep it really small and intimate because I do want to maintain that integrity and um, support. And we're going to work on this mother wound, this I'm not good enough, this, you know, I'm not good enough is really what it comes down to. So that in that somatic processing. So this is going to be a really good way to work with me at a super low price, lower than my one-on-one, but still get that really, really, um, you know, held, felt sense experience, right? So you'll still be held in a really, really, really safe container, safer, safe-ish container, if that sounds good to you. If a group program doesn't sound good to you and you're like, no, that's scary. I don't want to do that. That's not safe for me. I totally understand. Um, And you can work with me one-on-one. So just reach out, email me, Tracy at TracyPrincipe.com. Join the Facebook group. I'll be posting in there. I'll have a landing page up soon. And this group program is going to start probably the first week of June, the first week of June. Okay. And I'll be announcing that more information in my Facebook group or just feel free to email me for one-on-one as well. If you have any ideas for a topic, you could do that. I'm totally available. So, um, yeah, look forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.